Good morning, everybody. This is Pastor Jay uh, Keaton here of the United Christian Fellowship Church, and bringing you this morning's sermon um, that we're going to be reading out of the book of Timothy here in just a little bit, <clears throat> due to the fact that uh, we're going to do this podcast due to the fact that we've had um, some things happen at the church, you know, that involved this coronavirus. Uh, the latest of which uh, we have lost one of our own, and our heart is just extremely saddened that um, that we lost uh, Sister America just yesterday to this COVID-19. So uh, we are heartbroken as a church. We are we are just beside ourselves with grief for the family. We're praying for you, Dave, and and to the rest of the family, uh, we're lifting you up, and no one can understand what, what this is to go through until you've actually went through it yourself, and, and we're really lifting you guys up. Uh, <clears throat> uh, we're extremely, just extremely saddened for this. Um, this thing is a very real thing, everybody. Um, I know there's different opinions, in, in even in our little church and across the land on this, coronavirus, how things have went, how things are handled, whether or not you wear a mask, don't wear a mask, and that is totally up to you, and it's your right uh, to make that choice for yourself, but we've had several close calls at our church, um, one involving Marika, who, uh, you know, obviously uh, this thing has taken her life, and now my daughter, uh, who now has COVID-19 and also was at the church, almost the same exact circumstances. You know, we had a Sunday service, and then when, uh, you know, America was there for the Sunday service, and then two days later started experiencing symptoms. My daughter was there for a Sunday service. The very next day started experiencing symptoms. Um, so we've had, uh, we've had others there uh, that... That, I mean, this is just a, an extremely close call for even a church that is of our size, you know, just a, a small a small church with the limited amount of people that we have, and yet we're so affected by this right now. So, um, you know, there's, there's others in the church that's not feeling well, um, and I tell you, everybody, no matter how you feel about this thing, uh, we have lost one of our own. Uh, it has taken the life of one of our parishioners. So there is no excuse for not being careful. And as for when we start church back, we will be careful. And uh, we will continue doing everything we can to make sure everybody's safe. And, um, and that, you know, no matter, no matter what, we will we'll do what's in our control, even though sometimes things aren't controllable. Uh, you know, the folks that came to church didn't have symptoms when they came. And thank God no one else, no one else got it as a result of that. But if you are sick and you're experiencing any type of symptoms, I'd encourage you to get checked. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe you don't feel like you need to be, but, you know, listen, folks, the possibility exists that you could take someone else's life inadvertently if you had it and didn't think that you had it and went and involved yourself in things where you shouldn't be. So there's nothing wrong with just getting tested, and I would encourage you to do that. Um, you know, we're going to be doing a funeral here before long of our sister. Let's, let's learn something from this. Um, we, uh, 
we want to draw your attention this morning and uh, to the fact that we're going to be preaching on First Timothy. And uh, one might expect this kind of a sermon, but you know, you know, one of the thing things that intrigues me about this prophecy that the Apostle Paul gives to Timothy is the characteristics he begins to cite that would be in the heart of the general population at the time forecasted as being the end. So when I read through this thing, it's it's very interesting to take a look at what Paul was talking about would be going on in this day and time that we're living in. And I think that anyone in their right mind right now could, especially if you're a Christian, folks, I mean, if you're a Christian and and God has given you spiritual sight and you are alive via the Spirit in your heart, you can see and sense that there is an overwhelming presence of evil in the world today. Uh, even, you know, everybody, I know everybody's probably sick of talking about the election. I know it is a... Uh, but, but we have got to understand that um, the, the obvious fraud and the obvious evil that has been exposed, and yet everyone's okay with this, and, 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 and to see the behavior of the general populace, you know, and as people are still rioting and, and tearing things down and hurting people, and, and, and nothing gets done with it. Uh, uh, the very fact that our FBI held on to this Hunter Biden laptop and while the sitting president was being impeached for, for what was exactly opposite, that was on that laptop, proving that it was not Trump, but it was Biden. And, uh, but they let that process go through. And then, you know, then the holding of this evidence until, until after the election's over and then the extended ballots and then uh, the obvious fraud. I mean, there is so much stuff going on in the news. Uh, and But even though these are carnal things, yet it is an expression of a spiritual problem that we have. That what's going on in the world right now is 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 a very spiritual situation. Um, people act out what is going on in their hearts. Okay, um, if 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 people were following the moral law of God. Um, even the, the basic knowing of right and wrong that God gave to every man, they would not be out doing what the general populace is doing right now. Um, it, it, is, it is extremely evil days that we live in. I hope you understand this. Uh, we're going to be going through this here in just a second. And pardon me, I mean somebody sending emails and texts as I'm doing this. So if you hear that, that that's what that is. I should have turned that down. But at any rate, I'm going to... I'm going to go uh, and read this right now. Um, I mean, with all that's going on in the country, it's just an obvious evil. Like I said, you can easily see people doing things it's hard to believe. Um, and especially if we're going to usher in a socialist regime that is the same as Stalin or Hitler. It's the same mindset, the same theology and theory. Um, it would, it's very difficult, difficult to believe that people would want this. Um, our, our very Republic is, is, is in the balance here and, and civil unrest and war is here. I, I don't know if you understand that people listening to this podcast, that there is a very, very, very real possibility that this could very well be 
the igniting point of civil war. And it could very well be the beginning of the end. Uh, we'll soon know. Um, you know, I've said this before, that America really isn't listed in the end times, either because we're not relevant or we're not here. Um, so it could, it, this could easily be a situation that could, that could spark a very serious problem amongst us. Already people are divided uh, and people are, are, are at arms. I mean, in a lot of places, we've seen a lot of violence and uh, especially, uh, and, and I don't blame President Trump for this because I do believe our very republic is at hand. The, the very fact of our existence is at hand. Uh, if the Supreme Court uh, goes and, and does back President Trump in this obvious fraud, uh, now that the socialist regime, this, this mediocracy, if you will, this media-controlled situation that has pushed, declared Biden to be president-elect when nobody has declared him to be president-elect, uh, if Trump does, uh, if this votes are flipped uh, and righteousness does prevail, and the right thing is done, the world is going to think that President Trump then stole the election, and it is going to be war. Uh, like you've, There's going to be civil unrest like you've never seen. It's going to be an issue no matter what happens because there's been wrong done, and unless the wrong is corrected, people are on, on the right side are going to, be, going to be very upset with this. So, um, be very careful, be very vigilant. Do not think that this is going away anytime soon because it is not. And this thing is far from over. Um, so I'm going to read some stuff here. I'm going to read what, what Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, he says this, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, listen at these characteristics described, they'll be lovers of money. This whole thing is about money. It's about who's lining their pockets, okay? Boasters, proud, goodness gracious, the sin of Satan himself, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. Now that's an interesting concept. That's an interesting characteristic. Someone who despises good. If you despise good, then what are you? If you despise what is righteous and what is right, then what does that make you? And then what controlling force is it behind a person that hates the good? That's why I tell you what's going on right now is absolutely spiritual in nature. This is a situation that is developing out of the condition of men's hearts, I tell you. Traitors. We see treachery and, and, and we see people that is, that is being a traitor to the republic right now. Uh, we're watching it right before our very eyes. Headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. People that would put anything and everything that brings their heart delight above the law of God and the moral law of God and the spiritual law of God. People that will cast everything aside to have their way. People that will do anything 
and put anything before God. In other words, this is showing us that people will have a disregard for anything of our Heavenly Father. It won't matter to them. It won't matter. It will be, God will be in last place below everything else they want to do and have in their life. This was just such a foreign thing to Paul and the people of his day, but yet he's telling Timothy to get ready for this kind of a situation. And really, folks, it's almost identical to what we're going through today. Listen to this. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. Having a form of godliness. Let's take a close look at that. What does it mean to have a form of godliness? That means that you have some attributes of godliness, but you deny the very power of it. The scripture says, what's the power of it? The power to be saved. The power that comes through belief in Jesus Christ. The power to be born again is not of this world, but comes from heaven. That your godliness cannot be derived from what you from your knowledge or from from man's capability, but the power of the knowledge of Jesus Christ comes from the Holy Spirit and the fact that you believe in faith and give your life to Jesus Christ and are transformed inwardly and you become saved and born again. But people have a form of godliness, but it's, it's the type of satanic controlled church belief that says, you know, you can believe a little bit in Jesus Christ, but hey, or a little bit in God, but hey, we're not going to be talking about getting saved and we're not going to, you can sing amazing grace all day long in church, but as long as your heart doesn't belong to Christ, that's all good. This is exactly what this is talking about. A people that have, that are so smart, you know, someone, I don't know how many times people have been talking uh, to me about this here lately, but the fact that we have such a informed and intelligent population but yet we are we are are getting more and more wicked as we go along so obviously intelligence does not equate to morality or godliness for that matter the smarter we get the more wicked we become man begins to pull away from his need for what he be believes in his heart you know he pulls away from his need for for, for god he, begin, he begin, begins to be the, the controller of his own destiny. And he believes he can make all those decisions to make that happen. And so he goes on to say here, heady, headstrong, lovers of pleasure, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And it says, from such people turn away. For of this sort, he says, are those that creep into household and make captives of, of gullible people, okay, gullible women, and lay, lay, uh, laden down with sins and led away by various lusts. Listen to this. I want to bring this out because this is very, very important. It says, ever learning or always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Why is it that simple truth is so denied amongst an intelligent people? Why is it that simple truth, simple faith in Jesus Christ, that, that, that truth does exist in this world? It's not what 
you choose to make it. It simply is. It is a law that has been given to us from our creator that truth exists. But yet people want to take and make their own truths. I don't know how many times that people has told me, well, well, that's not how I believe. You have to understand what you choose to believe doesn't matter. And it doesn't change the truth of a situation. You may say, hey, I don't have to go to church to be saved. And that's true. And, or, or to be a Christian. And that's true. But if you're a Christian, you should want to. <laughs> I mean, it, it should be in your heart because the Lord that you say is your Savior, the, the Jesus that you say lives in your heart, is the very one that said to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. So it's a, a basic denying of, of the truth of a situation and the application or you applying your truth. And that's what condemns a person. That's not obedience. That's not humility. That's not being humble. That's you expressing your will over God's. And that just doesn't work. As been said before, God's not in heaven saying, let's make a deal. God's in heaven saying, this is the deal. Understand that. And it says here, what what should the man of God then do? I mean, what, what is our responsibility? And the apostle goes on to tell him, he says, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long suffering, my love and perseverance, my, my persecutions, my afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured and out of them all, the Lord delivered me. And yes, listen at this, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But listen at this, even though the world is on its ear, even though things are terribly bad spiritually, and all around you people are getting worse and worse, being deceived and deceiving. This is what Paul told Timothy that he must do. And likewise, I, brothers and sisters, in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, am telling you that even though all this is going on around us, and it's going to be terribly difficult as the church begins to be attacked by a socialist regime, if in fact it does come into power, and socialism always attacks Christianity, folks. Socialism is communism with lipstick, and it's coming, and people are lusting for it and wanting it to come. It says this, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, no, no matter that all of this satanic hell is going on around you, you have to continue to be a child of God, not, a letting your, not letting your surroundings and your situation dictate your faith, not letting Satan deceive you thinking that God has forsaken us or God is not delivering us or that things aren't going to happen. That is a lie from the pit. You have got to overcome it. 
For we have all prayed, but God has certain things that he has set in order, folks, that must happen. You must continue in belief. And he says, for us to continue, knowing from whom you have learned them, he says, and he says, and from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures. And he, and he says this about the Holy Scriptures, which are, make, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. He says, all Scriptures are given by inspiration of God. They are profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good word and every good work. And he says, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. We cannot vary from the word. We cannot be led astray from the word. No matter how bleak it looks, no matter how many people's going to get mad at you, no matter how what you might lose, folks, as a result of this, you have to stay steady in the word. And he says, be ready in season and out of season. What that means is you need to be so schooled in the word and ready to give a, a, an account of the hope that lies within you that, uh, that if some stranger walks up and you have to give an account, you need, you need to be able to do it. Are you ready for that? Can you do that? Are you strong enough to give everything you have? To be able to lay it all down? To walk away from it all if that, that's what needs to happen? Are you ready to have people mad at you? Discouraged at you? Perhaps turning away from you? Not being your friend anymore? You need to be ready for that. These are all end-time things that are predicted to happen. And it says here, Convince, rebuke, exhort, with all long-suffering and teaching. Listen at this. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. My goodness, does that sound like today? People don't want to hear the true truth. They want to hear how to live a good life without being good. They want to learn how to be wealthy without being wealthy. They want to know how to act clean without being clean. They want to know how to live a kingdom kind of a life without belonging to the kingdom. People want a prostituted truth, a truth that has been marred by deception. In the book of Revelations, we're given an, an image of a prostitute riding on the back of a dragon. What that represents, equating this to the bride of Christ 
whose foundation is Jesus Christ, this woman who looks like a bride, acts like a bride, and fits the description as a bride, yet her platform, her stance is on the devil. She is a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. She's a truth that's been prostituted and compromised, and that's who she is. That's today's world's religion and belief system, a prostituted truth that has tried to negate the meaning of the cross of Jesus Christ and what it stood for. Freedom isn't free, folks. Lastly, and I'm going to be, make this quick, even in the days of Noah, it says that Noah was a righteous man and blameless among his people in the, in the time of his, in the day of his walk. And it says that he walked with God and Noah had three sons, Sham, Ham, and Japheth. And it says in verse 11 of Genesis 6, it says, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. We know that in other prophecies, the scripture says that the time of the end will be as it was in the days of Noah, when all of the earth was corrupt in God's sight and full of violence. That's Boy, is that us or not, folks? God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. And so God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to put an end to all the people and destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it. And he goes on to describe what Noah, how he should build this. He says that again, he reiterates that he's going to destroy the earth and then everything on the earth will perish. But he says, but I'm going to establish my covenant with you. Okay. And his sons. The Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. I'm telling you this, folks. As a believer of Jesus Christ, get in the ark and be ready to go. Because God's about to shut the door. And then this world will be judged. And what I'm referring to is the only thing that's left to happen is the is the delivering of the church, the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. That is the shutting of the door. Once the church leaves, judgment time has come. Once the church leaves, the Antichrist will take control. God will not allow His church to be run by the Antichrist. Just as He delivered Lot, just as He delivered Noah, he will deliver the church before judgment is executed. We are at that time. I hope you can see this. I hope you can see this. My prayer is for the church to open their eyes, to once again become diligent in the Word. Submit yourself to Jesus Christ. Do not be proud. Humble yourselves. The Scripture says, If my people who are called according to my purposes, will humble themselves and pray, I will heal their land. If our land of our life and the land of our country is to be healed, 
It will come through the church of Jesus Christ and the humility that you possess. If you're humble enough to hit your knees and ask God for forgiveness and guidance and to take control of the situation, God made a promise that it heal our land. Father in heaven, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, man thinks he knows what he has need of, but he is blind and will be led to the ditch. God help us, for there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Your word says that. But Lord, we do not know the way. You know the way. You are the way. Take us by the hand, for we are blind and unable to navigate this night. As the disciples on the road to Emmaus pleaded with you, come into our home. Stay with us, for the night is far spent. We ask, Lord, that you come into us in this night and take control of this situation that's going on, and may righteousness prevail. For we humble ourselves in your sight knowing that we're able to do nothing in and of our own selves, and that man at his very best is just dust and vapor, and that, Lord, we ask your guidance and providence and your protection for the days that are ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.